show. <laughs> Thanks for having me again. Yeah. Um, we're going to do this once a month, so uh, I, I would, would like you to come back every once in a while for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have not met Corey before? No, I have not. Hi. He's waving. How's it going? <laughs> it's uh, it's going pretty well. Good. So you're the you're the uh, the mediator. Yeah. Well, sort of. <laughs> He's the anti kiss fan. Yes, which is you need one because there's one around every corner. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, not all of us are taken in by the you know machine that is kiss. <laughs> Danny and I are though. <laughs> Danny and I are. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I've got a touch of it, but not, uh, not, not as bad as these guys. Yeah. I'll so, just say this: I'm not going to be buried in a kiss coffin anytime soon. <laughs> Did you pick yours out, Danny? <laughs> Who would wear a kiss costume? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know anybody that would. <laughs> um, in the right mind, anyway. So when did you? So when did you get into Kiss? What, what started you off to Kiss? Like, what was your intro? How deep did you dive in? Uh, my intro would have been as a five-year-old, probably, going to my cousin's house, our cousin Randy's house, uh-huh. uh, in Dieppe, and he had this, kiss, I know what it is now, it's a Kiss Alive tube, but this massive poster of Gene Simmons, and he had it behind his, his door. And I remember my aunt, my uh, our aunt Jan, told us to go. You know, told me to go play in his room because he was gone to school, and uh, and I was having the time. And I decided to shut the door because they were watching TV. And I shut the door, and I saw the poster, and it scared the living crap out of me. <laughs> I was, I started to cry, freaking out. I opened the door, <laughs> ran out. Uh, like I said, I might have been five, six tops. Um, so that would have been my first quick introduction. So right away, then I was no. And then I went to your place uh, in Shidiac, and uh, not much later, I wouldn't think. Uh, and I Love It Loud had just come out, so I probably would have been six, because that was 82. Yeah. And you guys had satellites, so you had MTV, oh, yeah. uh, and, you sh- and you showed me this video. You're like, you got to see this. And I it instant flashback to getting, to, you know, to being scared in Randy's room. <laughs> uh, but I was, I couldn't, I couldn't look away as much as it creeps me out especially with the video with the melting phone and the eyes and all that you know <laughs> at the end of the video <laughs> as a six-year-old in the in the 80s that was top-notch right that was top-notch effect and uh and yeah that still freaked me out but i was i was more more interested at that point than i than i was scared and i never forgot that i still remember i could i could explain to you the layout of the living room where you were sitting i still remember what that living room looked like you guys had there and uh, that stuck in my mind. And then I kind of, you know, forgot about it. I lived in the country, and all our parents listened to were country and western. So, uh, and uh, but then I had a friend. We were renting videos. We used to, I used to watch a ton of movies when I, you know, twelve years old or whatever. Yeah, and did. Kiss Exposed was a part of the rentals. And we didn't really know much about Kiss, but there was a bunch of girls with bikinis on it. It wasn't R rated. <laughs> we, we could probably rent it. So we rented it. Because they don't check ID. That, and on no, rent, Renting, no, they never a, checked ID. I rented a lot of R-rated movies back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If they kind of knew you and they knew your parents, I, I found it was a lot easier, you know, uh, uh, in a small town, you know. Again, it was a music video, you know, so they probably, anyway, so we rented it. 
and uh, and but that that flipped the switch. That was the uh, seeing the old footage and seeing you know it's an exaggerated story. Obviously, that movie is pretty hideous, but oh, yeah. it's still pretty awesome. You know, uh, just the, the footage and and uh, the costumes when they go through that fake museum of all the stuff. And I was just the music got me, but the story got me, and uh, and the and the makeup and the costumes got me, and just just everything. Uh, they just seemed like such a cool band. And from that point on, I, I remember I hopped on my street and trail dirt bike the next day, and I <laughs> took, I took the marsh from Dieppe all the way to uh, all because I wasn't legal age to drive yet. Right, I was probably only again 12 or 13, and I drove to the mall. I went and bought uh, Kiss Alive two, I believe was the first. Is that first what you one. That was kind your of, first. That was my first one, yeah, because uh, it had a lot of stuff that I recognized from the uh, from the, the the VHS tape, and uh, and I knew that the makeup era was a bit more my thing. I, I liked the non makeup era, but all they were showing at that time for for Exposed was Asylum, Animalized, Look It Up, and Crazy Night. So it wasn't as much of a of, of a draw to me as uh, you know ten years of makeup and and members and 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 the uh, the secrecy behind it, I guess, you know what I mean? Like it was still, even though they had their makeup off, there was still a certain, uh, uh, I don't know. I just, I wanted to know more. I needed to know more. I needed to learn more. I needed to hear more, something about it. And then from there, I just started every, every week I'd save, uh, I think my mom was giving me like five bucks a day for lunch and I'd eat off three bucks and I'd save two bucks every day. And then <laughs> nice. I'm dead serious. I did this for about like, I don't know, maybe a couple of months. So I could build up a good amount of cassettes. You know, I bought the Ace Freely solo album, Dress to Kill, the first record, obviously. Uh, anything I could find. Uh, uh, the, the original, they had changed Creatures, so they had the makeup, the non-makeup version of Creatures oh, of the Night. Yeah. Uh, so I bought that, and I thought that was what a ripoff because I was like, "Well, wait a minute! In the video, they've got makeup on." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and then it just freaked out, and you know, and then I met people at school that were Kiss fans, and because there's only a couple, you knew who you were. You had your oh, own yeah. little club, and Kiss was definitely not cool to like. And you know, okay, 80, yeah, because I wanted eighty nine. I wanted to ask you about that. Did you ever get beat up for listening to Kiss? Not beat up because uh, I was a pretty stocky guy, but I, uh, I I was definitely like you know people would poke fun at my hot in the shade shirt because it had fluorescent pink on it because it's '89, of course it does, you know, or '88, whatever year that would have been, and uh, people thought I was funny because I like Kiss, but they still associated Kiss with a non-makeup Kiss, right? They yeah. they Heaven's on Fire and Lick It Up, you know, bon, the, bon the makeup Light. years were kind of yeah, exactly with the bouffant hair and the makeup and and, and all that, basically the the Paul Stanley kiss, you know. Yeah. Let's uh, just bear so, in mind that uh, this was probably the years too when the people that were beating you up were probably wearing those skinny leather ties and, uh, you know, the long exactly. sh- sleeve shirts that you know hung over their jeans. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So, uh, so yeah, you know, people. It wasn't. Uh, you definitely weren't cool if you listened to Kiss during those eras. If you were my age, like, why is this, you know, fifteen-year-old so into Kiss? You know, like they haven't done anything relevant. And blah 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 blah. So know? who was the counterband? So if they're m- mocking, mocking that for you, what was the counterband? Like, what were they listening to? Well, I was, I was kind of, I wasn't a banger, but I was hanging out with with people that were more into heavier music. So oh, like, okay. you know, Motley Crue, Metallica, obviously. You know, Metallica was so huge at Okay, okay, time. hang on a sec. So, you were fighting guys that were into more metal. You know, you know what my biggest like I, I got made fun of for liking Kiss. And you know what the band, the counter band to Kiss that was way better than Kiss was? Duran Duran. Nope, Sticks. 
Oh jeez. Well, come on, man, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> the guy was good. This guy was gonna beat me up. This is grade four, grade five. This guy was gonna beat me up because I listened to Kiss. He goes, "They're not a real band, not like Sticks." And he was gonna beat me up. And I'm like, "It's fucking Sticks, dude." <laughs> Dennis DeYoung with his cheesy little mustache. Anyway, sorry. Go on. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so that was for you. And then from that point on, I, I've always gotten into bands on my own. I didn't need to have a bunch of band, uh, friends that were into the same band. Uh, so then, uh, but uh, but I, I met a few, so that was good, you know. And I got into, uh, I would, uh, I'd order back in the day. You, you, I'm sure you remember that. You'd get the catalog of these like bootleg VHS tapes. Oh yeah, yeah. So you'd sit, you'd send your thirty dollar money order in the mail to some guy in Montreal, and then you'd get a recorded VHS tape with just a blank label with the concert <laughs> written on it. And then I got into that because no one had those yet. Uh, Exposed was the only. This is again pre-internet, right? Yeah. Exposed was the only place that I saw that that old footage. Well, so nobody, I bought. Nobody had anything like that. I think that was the no, first no. long form video that for any band that had. Yeah, stuff like that. So and I they bought, recorded like, every show, or most every yeah, show. Yeah, I had I had a show from every tour. I had I had uh, a Dynasty tour. I had a Love Gun tour. I had a Rock and Roll Over tour. I had a Live tour. I had a um, I had uh, that famous uh, Black and White um, from '74 um, uh, in New York. Uh, you had that? Uh, I had the whole show. I had oh. it somewhere still in video. Oh, dude! Uh, if you, uh, I want, I you know what Deuce and Washington? I, I know the one stuff. you mean. Yeah, it's a killer front to back. Like it's a, just on fire. I've seen like about four or five clips from it, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I used to have the whole thing, and then I and then I would get them on audio as well because you could get them on audio, and they put it like a whole bunch on a ninety minute tape. So then I'd had I had Kiss's original demo that Eddie Kramer did tuned to a full to a standard yeah. pitch. Yeah, I have that too. Tunes. I have that. That's yeah, really so good. weird. Uh, and uh, anyway, so I just got I and then I met people that were Kiss fanatics. So then it just kept rolling and rolling. Um, so that that was kind of it, but the, it was definitely uh, that that day. I still remember picking up the cover at Midnight Video, looking at the exposed <laughs> cover. Video, and remember uh, Midnight Video time? Midnight Video. <laughs> we used to go and rent movies there because they had a better selection. We used to go drive to Moncton to rent. That's in Moncton, right? Yeah, well, yeah. free blockbuster. What would you have is all the mom yeah. pop places. This is the closest. We, we thing would to, go there. And that's franchise. We go rent Porky's <laughs> a bunch of times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kiss Exposed is pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So now, Wicked Lester. Uh, yeah. Okay. So this was so before the dawn of the internet. Um, I don't know how many people were actually aware of of the of the band that they were in prior to being in Kiss. Uh, were you aware of, of, of what they had done prior to their first album? I was because I had these catalogs, like I was saying, of bootleg stuff, right? Um, so you could get the Wicked Lester demo. You could get, uh, which I got, uh, you could get. Yeah, I had it too. Uh, okay. Uh, what was Peter Chris's band? Chelsea? Chelsea? Was, I forget. Do you yeah, have that? I, I, well, I had a few clips for you. There was no full thing, but like okay. two or three songs, yeah. and it sounded like crap. You had to really listen. <laughs> it was course. like probably 18th generation, you know, two ghettos, one oh, yeah. in front of the other. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, that, uh, and I, I try like crazy, of course, Massive Ace really fan. Couldn't find anything uh, on him. Uh, no, no, and. But uh, but yeah, but I definitely uh, and 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 you know the different versions of the Kiss songs that are on the Wicked Lester you know uh, yeah. uh, cassette and stuff. But uh, so yeah, I did know, but I kind of stopped digging because when I heard Wicked Lester, I could see what they were getting at, but I could also see why Paul and Gene 
wanted to do something different, you oh, know, yeah. and, 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 and move on. So, uh, Still an so yeah, no, I was definitely history, aware. Though, that's for sure. Like I, I, oh, I yeah, actually, I've listened to it a lot because it's, it's different. It's a different version of some of the original absolutely. songs. And I like some of the other songs as cheesy as they are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can see what they're kind of, again, you think of the time, right? Uh, uh, New York City at that time, there were so many bands. They would they would have been hearing so many different kind of pioneering sounds, not knowing at the time that they were pioneering sounds, but going on. So uh, the creative juices must have just been incre- you know incredible for all those musicians in that area at that time. You know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Good time. Yeah. Well, when you were talking about Randy's uh, his room, that was kind of the uh, that was kind of my introduction to a lot of music. Uh, I mean, the Kiss, uh, the albums, the Alive, was it Alive 1 and Alive 2? I don't well, know if it was Alive both. 2. And I remember, For sure. I think we borrowed borrowed the album uh, one time, playing it, and I had the, the the Strat that I had. It was all single coils, right? And of course, and they were playing Les Pauls and whatnot, so it wasn't very thick, the sound that I had. <laughs> so it, it, it didn't sound that great, but I, I do remember borrowing those albums. And also, that's where my first introduction to uh, Rush uh, was with uh, Exit right. Left and uh, Twenty One Twelve because he had he had those two also, and for some reason that the tape deck that he had there was a switch on it that was called Wide. Oh yeah. And when you hit that, it was like the whole room just opened up. Do you remember that, Danny? <laughs> no, I don't remember oh, that. Shit, I remember that. Well, Randy was a lot older than me, so I, I like I never really like as a kid. He was you know we never really hung out. You know he babysat me probably a couple times, but that would have been you know. Uh, so no, I don't remember that, but why? Yeah, it was probably some sort of, uh, of a pre-stereo or kind of like a stereo or something like that. I don't know. Weird. Yeah, it was cool though. Okay. I remember just yeah. that switch and like, holy. Yeah. And then he had, uh, he had the 12 string in his room and, uh, and I think it's six string also, I believe. But I but do I remember never seen him play though. What's that? I never saw Randy play. Uh. Did he actually play? I don't know. Well, I'm sure he did. We just never heard him, I guess. Is yeah. that, Did is he that... have a pointy guitar for some reason? I kind of remember some sort of a pointy '80s guitar, like a, like a flying V, something like that, or like a like a mock Explorer, but with like sharper edges or something. Or I don't know. For some reason, I just pictured this pointy '80s guitar at his house. Well, I think uh, Ibanez made a lot of really pointy guitars yes. at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just remember the acoustic, so I don't remember any electric. Or... So it's funny. The now, story... Todd, did you find oh. it? So oh, sorry. No, uh, no, did good. You... You were playing guitar at the time. Did you did you get into like learning to play Kiss or? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, more more so Rush. I mean, I, I think I memorized Exit Stage Left from beginning to end. Uh, I had uh, the long played uh, tape. Of course, after a while, they start to stretch and warble and slow down, so your tunings would be off. But I, I I'm sure I went through, I think three three of the actual cassettes before they before they even came out on on, uh, on CD. Right, but uh, the Kiss ones, uh, the stuff that I used to play. I mean, there was there was his stuff, and then Sean started to get into uh, Kiss a little more. So he had bought a couple of the albums. So I, had, you know, tried to play that because, I mean, the only real stuff that we had at home was uh, Mum and Dad's old stuff, like the Playboys and and you know all the the, the ventures and stuff like that. And I was more into the you know like this stuff here. So of course, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was kind of limited. So whatever we had, uh, I you know I played it quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well see and for me again that was when I kind of started playing guitar and I tried playing a couple times and for a couple of years and I was just terrible at it I just couldn't get it couldn't get it couldn't get it I put it down for a few months try again 
And then for some reason, one day I grabbed my guitar one night and uh, I, I had smashes, thrashes, and hits because it had, uh, <laughs> remember oh, that? Jesus. And uh, because it was, again, they didn't, Kiss didn't have a greatest hit at that point. All they had was a live one and a live two. That was their greatest hit. Well, they had so double, smashes, they had thrashes, double hits platinum, though. Did you well, have... uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I meant of, of, of 80 stuff as well. Oh, you know? of 80 stuff, yeah. Yeah, so then I got that, and then I was able to figure out most of the whole record in one night, just in power chords, obviously, right? I was just starting out, oh, yeah. and I was like, wow, I can actually like, I can actually play all this stuff. And then from that point on, it just really encouraged me. Like, uh, It was a great, like a lot of guitar players will tell you, is if you're getting just getting the guitar, it's great music to just get into because it's simple enough, but it's the riffs move around enough that it sounds cool, and you feel like you're doing something cool, and solos are easy-ish, you know, you can take your time, and... Anyway, so I think that's another reason why it really uh, sunk into me as well, because musically, uh, it just, it, you know, it just, I was into Bon Jovi, I was way too hard, Richie Sambor is like amazing. I was oh, yeah. into Poison, but that was so, you know, you, in and out, you know, so bubblegum. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but when I found Kiss, that was like, I, I felt like I had a musical connection as well, you know? Oh, yeah. So when you first started with this, what, what was your gear setup? What did you have for guitar and an amp? I had an Yamaha RG something or other uh with uh with their crappy floyd that was on it mm-hmm. um and uh just like you know 300 hundred dollar guitar and uh, and a pd rage so i could get too? some pretty high gain i could you know i was pretty impressed i could actually you know i thought it sounded amazing you know i had feedback and the whammy <laughs> tons of distortion and so that's what i had to start <laughs> so Pete, that rage yeah. was that a two band no, no, no. PD Rage was uh, it was just a tiny little transistor. Okay, so like the audition, there was the audition, there was the bandit. Smaller was... than that, smaller than that. It was like their entry level. They were like seventy nine bucks oh. when they came out. It was just really an entry level. It had a headphone jack, okay. a clean, a gain, a uh, basic EQ, and that was it. And the saturation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so no, that was it. Was tiny, but. Uh, I could bring it over to my buddy's house, who lived down the street, who who uh, who played drums, and we just pop it up on his chair. And yeah, anyway, yeah. So uh, yeah, I remember so many nights of cranking that little lamp, playing to a live. You know, I played that record a lot, like over and over and over again, trying to get all Ace's licks down in his vibrato. Like it's oh, it was so vibrato. tight, so fast, you oh, know. Yeah. Like uh, and uh, and his uh, yeah, he was just uh, there, there was you know definitely more complicated people out there but for some reason it was just uh very uh very rewarding it seemed like because again you could you could start and finish it within a small amount of time it wasn't a piece of work that took forever to finally accomplish you know when you're beginning that's very important i think and i learned that as as a teacher you know if you try and overwhelm your students there's no way it's not going to fly i think the same thing applies like because i you know i obviously don't play guitar but i play drums and learning the kiss stuff was actually easier to do. Oh, totally. I know and, lots of drummers who you know, cut their teeth on Peter Chris because, sure. again, it sounded cool. Uh, it wasn't but complicated, it wasn't but there was enough complexity, enough, like you said, like enough changes um, yeah. that it was, it was fun. And like he did different tapes. Like he's, he he had a different background as a drummer, Peter Chris did, like than you know anybody else. He he wasn't very Led Zeppelin. He was more you know like Gene Krupa and all that kind of stuff. Like and that's what yeah. I liked about it. There was a swing to the way he played. And that's how I still play to this day. Like still to this day, like I still have that Peter Chris swagger or whatever. Like that's how I play. It's the the Peter quit the Peter Chris shoulder shoulder strut. Like you see, I always <laughs> that's exactly tell, it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I can always tell a, a drummer uh, uh, when they've listened to Kiss and they, they don't even realize they do it. Danny Bourgeois still does it when they play. And their soul is just moving that Peter Chris strut. Uh, uh, Big Sugar's new drummer. Uh, he's a massive Kiss fan. I know him from Moncton, and uh, and I caught him one night. There's a new tune that they're they're doing at a gig not long ago, and uh, and it has kind of a, a, a strutter, juicy kind of feel. And I, oh, yeah. I saw him doing the shoulders and even realize it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's like, oh my god, you're right. <laughs> do I do the shoulder, Todd? You've seen me play the shoulder, the Peter Chris. I'm motioning. I'm showing you what it looks like. It's kind of, it's like you're dancing. It's almost yeah, like you're dancing exactly. when you play. Like a lot of drummers would use their head as the beat, but Peter almost like metronome or shoulders almost. Like yeah. you would just kind of bop to the, you know. And and again, his stuff is not crazy complicated. You could do that while you're playing it, you know. Yeah, you could. Um, it was very showy. Like on your face. You're able to be a showman. Yeah. Like playing the kiss up. That's what I like. Like I could always, you know, screw around. And... Yeah. Hey, how are you doing for time? Because uh, I want to make sure we get through the list. Well. Uh, about another 10, 10 minutes. Is that cool? Okay, yeah. Then let, I think we need to go yep, through the list. Yeah, let's start the list. The list. Okay. <laughs> All right, so um, I, I do want to point out right from the, from the get-go, even though our lists were created independently, yep. our number one, our number three, and our number five are exactly the same for their top five <laughs> <I> kids' <know>. albums. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Well, and I... When I did mine, I thought about it, and my first my first list wasn't the same. The one I just kind of spewed, I was like, well, just write it down. And then I was like, well, those I kind of made it more on my favorite, but also important to Kiss, important oh, okay. to history, sure. important to, uh, uh, but but again, that but that's important to me too. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, so yeah, I did my list exactly the same way. Like I, I yeah, I, not necessarily hundred percent my favorite albums. They are my like I like them, but also like the importance to me like to my musical career or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, as well. exactly. So let's get through the list. So we have two, so positions two and four. I think we're going to, those are the ones we're going to debate. We're going to see who, who has the best. And we're going to okay. use Corey, who knows nothing about Kiss or very little about Kiss, to uh, to, to decide uh, who's got the better number two and number four. Okay. <laughs> So we'll let Todd, Todd's our moderator. Like Corey's our comedic relief. So Todd, go through the list, compare like number one. By, okay, let's start. Well, let's start from five, though. You want to start from five? Yeah, and then count our way down. Okay. So you want me to tell you what number five is? Well, because nobody knows. Just okay. Well, number five is "Lick It Up," uh, which was uh, debuted in 1983. Uh, this is when they had no makeup. Well, they did have makeup. I mean, June was very uh, pretty back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, eyeliner is, is a little different. Well, no, he also well, he he had, had the blush. He had the blush. He had ru- yeah, he had rouge or blush or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Gene was pretty damn ugly back in a- 1983. Oh, yeah. Sure. He had that little gut going over the belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's always had amazing hair. Okay, so real quick, we okay. both picked the same number five. Okay. So why did we pick number five as number five? Real real quick, because we got to get through. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I- I picked it because uh, the they they needed that record, uh, uh, even though it was amazing as uh, as um, Creature of the Night was to Kiss fans. It still kind of flopped tour wise and chart wise, and they were taking their make- makeup off. They had a new guitar player, and they pulled it off in spades. Vinnie Vincent's riffs are just ridiculous. How good they are! His playing on it, 
they totally changed their writing style with the times. Well, Vinny, um, Vinny co-wrote eight of the ten songs on there. And I, know, I think that was the like, huge... That's what they needed. They needed a really oh, catchy yeah. songwriter to come in. You know, ha, ha, you know, and as much as I love Ace, having Ace just rehash the same old kind of stuff would not have cut it. Yeah, uh, well, for sure. Um, they needed uh, something. You know, there's there's a trend that Paul Stanley always said, you know, that a trend is your friend, and that's something that someone in the industry had told him, and that's the... When they when they went for I was made for love and you that was his point behind it when they you know did more 80s style music and look that was the whole point do we want to get left behind or do we want to keep going that's right so I I just think they knocked it out of the park personally it's a great of myself I think it's awesome uh, uh, it's just there's some pop there's some some metal riffing there's oh, yeah. some hard rock stuff there's it's just yeah I I just think it's a great song and it's the last album that Gene was involved in and you can tell oh yeah you can really tell that he was very into that record oh yeah big time actually I think the best Kiss albums are the ones that are balanced between Gene and Paul where it's not a Paul album it's not a Gene album it's a, it's it's both because I think yeah I think Gene writes songs easily and I think Paul has to work at it. And I think yeah, I would, Gene coming I in would with agree. a yeah, he comes in with a good song, and then Paul's like fuck, and he has to up his game. And I think that's the balance, the dynamic that made that album so fucking great. I yeah. think eight out of ten songs are probably like a plus on that album. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, there's not very much, and I mean we're listening to it now. It sounds dated. I'm sure back in '83, it probably was no filler. It's probably all you know. It yeah. fit the air. It fit the tones. It fit the you know the lyrics you know they're cheesy now but at that time they were you know no they're fucked they were so, cool yeah. at the time man even paul's little rap on uh, all hell's breaking loose is pretty damn cool at the time yeah and don't forget eric Carr's drumming too uh yeah. he was so disappointed with what he got to do on the elder finally on creatures uh he gets to really pull off what he wants to do and then he's in his comfort zone and then he's got this killer guitar player to play with you know uh you know his, his eric's playing on that is is great as well you know so are you saying his playing's better on this album than it was on the Elder? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, Todd, Todd, go to number four. Let's keep going. Okay, well the ones that, that you guys picked together. Okay, number five was lick was uh, was lick it up. Okay, uh, number three you guys had, had picked together, which was Dress to Kill, uh, seventy five, uh, released, and uh, then the debut album was uh, seventy four. Uh, the Kiss debut album. Now, you guys uh, had number two. Um, let's see. Let's here. start with four, though. Four? Okay, four. Uh, Sean's was Asylum. <laughs> yep. Which, I know you're shaking your head. Which was in 80, 85. And, and Danny's was Creatures of the Night. And that was released in uh, 82. So, did, so why Asylum, Sean? <laughs> well, at the time, I, I think like there was different eras, eras to Kiss. I think when Vinnie Vincent left, they're like, fuck. You know, they, I know they fired him because he was difficult, but the guy was an amazing songwriter, an amazing player, and I think they misfired on Animalize a little bit. It was it was yeah. a more Paul album. Gene's songs were weak as shit on that album. And then, and the whole thing with Mark St. John, the guitar player with that Rooter's arthritis or whatever it was called. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it was a huge stall. And I think Asylum, they are like, hey, we're Bon Jovi. We can do Bon Jovi. And I think, I, I mean, it sold really well. It sold really well. And there's a lot. I Gene had a couple of really good songs on that album that I liked. And that's, mm -hmm. and I actually, 
this is the first album I bought in cassette. So that's part of it why I like it so much. Like I bought yeah. it on cassette. I went to the store. It came out in October around my birthday. Kiss always put albums out in October. And I just went and drove to Moncton, bought it. So Are you telling me that everything else you bought was on vinyl? Yes. You just totally dated yourself. Well, if I, I got to date myself because if I don't, who else is going to date me? <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Okay. okay. So, your, your choice. Go ahead, Doug. Yeah. I will say, though, out of all the, the, we'll call them the Bon Jovi era Kiss records, because Revenge is not part of that, that crew. Mm-hmm. So, you've got uh, Animalized, Asylum, uh, uh, Hot in the Shade, and, and uh, Crazy Nights. Yep. Asylum is the best. Yes. I, will, I will definitely give that. Yep, Bruce's sure. guitar tone is great. Yes. But, you know, he, he shows off. Who wants he, to be lonely solo? Am I right? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, it's, uh, and Tears it's are Falling the best solo? Out of that tears era. Are, what about, do you like the Tears are Falling solo? Oh, oh absolutely. All, all his lead work on it is great. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you could tell he wasn't a big part in the songwriting or anything. It was just, okay, here's your solo spot. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I can agree with you on that one. For that era myself, that's yeah. definitely the better one. All right. Okay. So, Danny's my choice Creatures yeah. of the Night. Creatures of the Night. Um, they had just had one. Well, Dynasty's not a stinker, uh, but it's not amazing. But let, let's just say Unmasked and and, uh, and CL, they're two stinkers. Everything's in the pooper. Tours are getting canceled. You know, they're at an all-time low. They're, they're lower than they were in seven, you know, their fir- after their first year in almost, you know. Uh, with credibility and, and, and steam and, and, and fire in their bellies and all that. So when when you listen to Creatures and you hear that first palm roll with those big yep. drums yep. and the pick scrape, and it's just like, whoa, like they're back. And it, it, same thing, just consistent songs. Lots of great songs. There's a lot of different guitar players on it, which is weird, but it gives it a certain kind of... This is new. It's not just, again, Ace Frehley's pentatonic licks over and over and over again. It's actually yeah. got a lot of different stuff on it. Um, um, so, so for me, it's, it's the, the tone, the, the, uh, like the whole album tone, uh, the, the, the songs. The, uh, it was just kisses back, and it, and it really was believable. It wasn't like they told you at the press conference and you put it in. It's unmasked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, it, it, to me, it's a legit kiss with makeup. But knocking on 80s door you know what i mean like uh so that's so that's why i like i I just find it still a great simple hard rock record cool okay Okay. wait wait okay hang on yeah Corey, who wins on number four uh i mean based on our arguments here (laughs) i'm gonna go with the creatures of the night just because yeah. I like the title a lot better than Asylum. <laughs> <laughs> End up in the Asylum. Uh, okay, so the one that you guys uh, disagreed on was number two. Uh, Sean's was uh, Revenge, which was released in 92, and yours was Love Gun, which was released in 77. So who wants to go first? You go first this time, Danny. Okay. Uh, reason why I picked Love Gun... Uh, there was because, um, again, it, well, one of the one of the things it was it was a real Kiss record, and to me, real Kiss record is all four members. So Ace is singing a song on it, which hadn't happened yet. Peter's got a song on it, and Paul and Gene. 
barely any bands were doing that uh, and could do that. Um, they, uh, you know, to, to me, Destroyers, it's not a Kiss record. It's a good record, but you can tell that, you know, there was a lot of production going on there. There was a lot of non-members involved. Hey, just you as, know, a, as, as, a quick, as a quick note, Danny, uh, for, for that, uh, for Destroyer, it was voted one of the worst albums on when I posted this. Oh, really? Hey, yeah. I, I've never been a, a massive fan of it. I understand the pieces of it, but to me, yeah. I, 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 I probably haven't listened to Destroyer front to back in, I don't know, 20 years. It's yep. just not yeah. a, it doesn't grab me. Nope. But, sorry, going to but where love gun. I just wanted to bring that Love up. Gun had, you know, so they get away from the overproduced stuff. Then they do rock and roll over. They try and rehash Beth with Hard Luck Woman. The recording doesn't sound all that great. The songs are good, but Love Gun, it just, to me, it's like Kiss and, uh, and Just a Kill. Everything falls into place. The album tones are good. The songs are good. Ace is playing is on fire. Again, oh, yeah. they're all singing a song, which no bands were doing yet. Um, but they had the cockiness of the fame and fortune you, and you can hear them you can hear that strut uh in their music the confidence too right so i just find it's such a great complete album overall uh as, as a kiss record and that's yeah. why i picked it yeah Ooh. oh you're swaying me <laughs> hey justify um, yourself sean uh okay well my my I, I know for number two it seems kind of strange but revenge for me uh memories and everything else was they they got Eric Carr passed away it was tough and all that sort of stuff and they really had to come back with some solid songwriting interestingly enough Vinny wrote I think two songs or three songs on there three was it three and every they meticulously they wrote the songs for the album and then it wasn't good enough and then they went back and then revised and then it wasn't good enough and then bruce came up with these amazing solos for the album it wasn't good enough do it again do it again get it right you're playing too many notes slow it down they worked so hard on this album on the songwriting front it showed there there's only one super weak song on that album and i think you know which one it is danny yep (laughs) (laughs) but you know like yeah exactly uh but i mean you know crap but if, other than uh, that, it's, I think I like every single song on this album. I, think. I do too. If if we had a top, if it was a top seven, it probably would have been in there. A top, yeah. you know, eight, it would have been in there. Uh, I agree with you on all that. The songwriting is killer. But the tones are. Go ahead, sorry. But Gene started writing songs again, instead yes. of just phoning it in. He actually busted his ass. And when Gene busts and, his ass, it's a better song than than a Paul song a lot of the time. Yeah. He just he doesn't bust his ass half the time. This is the problem. You know, another interesting fact about that record is that was Gene's Domino was Gene's first single since I Love It Loud. Yep. Yeah, I know. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree for sure. Uh, it wasn't. A, it's not in a top five for me as a legendary Kiss record in a top five. But if you ask me, I want you to pick five Kiss records that you can listen to front to back. That's definitely one of them. No oh, problem. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Even, I still listen uh, to, me and my, to this Me day. and my friends actually thought that Bob Kulik played. We were like, there's no way this is Bruce. There's no know. way. It's his, it, it's his brother. It's too good. Like, not to put Bruce down, but it was, like you said, it was it was hooky. It was kind of vintage but, but still even his, aggressive. But he, and, but he wrote on the song. He wrote on the album. This was, to me, this is this is Bruce's album. And I, I, I kind of like Bruce. He's almost my favorite guitar player in Kiss. 
And that's this. This is the one where he got to actually do shit. Yeah. And, you know, it was his album, and, and it was his to shine on, and he brought it. And that's why I like it because it was like everyone that made fun of me for the Bon Jovi era Kiss. When this came out, I was like, oh, yeah, Kiss is actually pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And good for Kiss of figuring that one out. Yeah. Grunge is in, little goatees. If you listen to that record, it's so dry. There's oh, yeah. barely any reverb. Yep. Uh, the guitar tones are super dry and, and aggressive. It, yep. you know, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's a great record. And they sure. had the, uh, the car jam on there, which kind of made me really happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Now, I had that from, uh, it's on a Freely's Comet. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Breakout. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Breakout, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it, it's not a two for me, but it's definitely in a, in, in a, in a seven, six, seven, eight position for sure. The same thing goes for Creatures of the Night. That was like my number six because I learned how to drum playing that album. That was the album I start when I got my first kit. That's the yeah. album I listened to, and that's how I learned how to play. So where's Psycho Circus in this list? <laughs> no, 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 no. How no, many no. records do they have? Dynasty, man. <laughs> Dynasty. Dynasty is actually not that, you know, unfortunately, uh, um, I Was Made for Eleven You gives the record, a, 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 you know, kind of a bad uh, rap, uh, rap, sorry. Uh, but the Ace songs in it are good. Um, the Ace uh, songs are, that's, Ace has proven a point on this one, I find. Oh, totally. Right. It's showing that, you know, Coming off the high of the solo record, Anton Figg's drumming's killer on that record. Oh my god, no kidding. Uh, uh, yeah, like Anton you know, Figg was Gene, the ghost. Gene barely played way. bass on that record. You oh. know, just like yeah. uh, 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 I forget what other oh, uh, just Dynasty or uh, Destroyer wasn't barely played bass on it. Who was playing bass on it? I don't even know. Just random know? guys. Just random guys. Random guys. He did, he like same as uh, he doesn't even know who played on Detroit Rock City. <laughs> It's just he wasn't there. Bob knew a guy. He knew the lick, and Gene wasn't really right, and he brought a guy in and uh, nailed it, and Gene showed up the studio the next day, and Bob said, here, I, I got a guy to come in, and Gene's like, man, that's awesome. Let's do it. So on, 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 that, on that note, did you play all the guitar in Thunderfunk? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't play any, actually. Was it Bob Kulik? No, it no. It kind of sounds Bob kulik <laughs> what were you playing on the album? Were you, were you playing bass on the album? No, no, no. I I played uh, I, <laughs> I played guitar on the whole thing. I'm just joking. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, did actually. I, I I don't know how much time. How much time you got? Three minutes. Is that, uh, is, is that I should probably right? wrap it up here. To, okay. Yeah, I should probably wrap it up anytime. Yeah. All right. We're gonna keep going and we're gonna do a, a second episode, but. Um, Thanks for doing this. This is fucking fun, actually. Oh, this is, yeah. Uh, again, I, I told you I was probably going to talk your ear off. I, uh, <laughs> there's <laughs> a good. lifetime of, of ingrained and embedded memories and oh, feelings, yeah. and uh, uh, and that's the cool thing about uh, when you're into a band, especially a band that has a, a deep catalog and a deep history, and as much as it's not fun to go through member changes, when, you, you know, when you're looking back at 30 years, well, then you have all these characters. Like, I was giddy when I found out that Vinnie Vincent finally crawled out of whatever hole he was living in, oh, you know, God. just out of curiosity, just yeah. out of, you know, like, uh, he's kind of one of those guys, you know, like whatever happened, you know, like, yeah. well, the Vinnie Vincent invasion records happened and that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's why he disappeared. But hey, I mean, yeah, like, can we, can we do this again and maybe 
I, I, I want to cover some Vinnie Vincent shit. Yeah, totally. So just one last thing. Uh, okay, so you're talking about when you were in Randy's room and you turned the, uh, uh, closed the door and you saw that big picture of Gene. Yep. At what point, because I know you've been in the in the Kiss tribute band and you've been playing Gene. Now, at what point did you figure that that's what you were going to do? Um, Five minutes later? <laughs> <laughs> you obviously got over your fear of, of, of Gene when you saw yeah. him. Yeah. You, you mean like with Kiss, you mean, or in general? Was it kind of like a Batman thing where, you know, to get over his fear of bats, he presses a bat? <laughs> Do you mean like uh, like with be, being a Kiss fan, you mean, or playing? Well, yeah, like you you saw him there, and I'm sure it was, it's like anything else. When, when something shocks you, um, or, or even if you're afraid of something, sometimes some people will face it and they'll actually do the thing that they were afraid of. So oh, yeah. it, it's kind of like yeah. you saw him and it just kind of startled you, but you just saw him and was like, wow. And it's like, I wanted to well, be that. Like, Well, you know, uh, and again, when you think about it, it, it kind of, you know, you have a, a different perspective taking all those years back. But when it's, like I said, when I when, when Sean put the I Love It Loud video on, because he had recorded it, so yeah. that's why he could put it from the start, and and again, my instinct was to was to oh I shouldn't be watching this. I remember you being but scared. I, I do remember. Yeah, but I couldn't stop. So I think it was that it was that memory of that poster behind Randy's door, and it was just I was just so in I don't know Gene. It was Gene. It was all Gene, you know, oh, yeah. because of that video yeah. and that poster, right? Oh, yeah. uh, to me, I thought that's that's that was Kiss, you know, and. Uh, there was just something about him. He was, he was, his, it's like, you know, uh, any, it's like the Hulk, you know what I mean? Like he's scary and he's green, but I like him for some reason. Yeah. You see a certain <laughs> thing about it, you know? And I never at that point would have thought that I would have done that. Uh, but that's when I kind of knew that, you know, maybe, maybe there's something more to it uh, than not, than maybe I'm missing something. You know what I mean? Like maybe uh, kind of like, like fantasy Island. I used to, Scared of crap on you, <laughs> but then I kept watching it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Welcome to Fantasy Island. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of one of those things, you know. Yeah, and pr and probably because I knew I wasn't supposed to be watching it, my parents wouldn't have been into that at all. Again, we had Merle Haggard, George Jones, oh, Johnny Cash at my house. Yeah. So that was probably part of the appeal. Oh, it's on satellite. Oh, it's that Kiss band. You know, like yeah, yeah. even though again I was very uncomfortable watching it, but I could not take my eyes off it. <laughs> and I remember Thank watching the whole video start to finish. All I have to say is I'm glad Randy wasn't into uh, Barry Manilow because uh, this would be a whole I don't think... different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Top five Barry Manilow albums. <laughs> Why is no one listening to our show? <laughs> <laughs> awesome okay all right guys all right. well thank oh so so number two which one is it is it uh oh yeah, is it yeah love Corey, gun, what's number two it... i'm gonna go with love gun because you know i, I like things that i can remember <laughs> <laughs> i love it well and the album cover the album oh, cover, the album yeah. cover is oh, fucking yeah. cool yes yes yeah, yeah yeah i mean that again it showed back to what i was saying they had the cockiness of success with the women all laying there and they're standing there and they're like fakely chiseled abs and all that. Uh, <laughs> Jeans got but, abs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I thought he just had one ab. 
<laughs> so cool. Yeah. Good t-shirt awesome. for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Killer t-shirt. Yeah. And our number so, one was like kiss, said, kiss, kiss, kiss first album. I mean, and no you know what? I didn't have it. I tried to not put that first. I tried to not I put did kiss, too. kiss first, but the more I kept reorganizing the list and going, well, how can it not be? Look how many, there's like six standards classics that they still play to this day. Yeah. There's, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, there's, you know, uh, that it's, could have been the only Kiss record, and it, and if if luck would have been on their side, they would have had a bunch of hits off it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. it's, uh, it's, it's all, it's all good. The recording is good. The ideas are good. Everyone's hungry. You can tell. Oh, yeah. There's chemistry. The drumming uh, is really good on that album. Drumming's killer. Again, Ace is like he's original. You don't. There's no one that sounds like Ace on that record. No. Ace's problem is that he kept sounding like himself all through the years, but yeah. he still never sounded like anybody else. You know. Yeah. So uh, it's all fresh. It's all clean at that point. Yeah. So as much as uh, I know some people wouldn't put Kiss Kiss as number one, they'd have some sort of argument. Yeah. I don't think when you look at the body of work no. uh, and how long all those songs have lasted, uh, you know, to not put it number one. Yeah, Again, exactly. as a Kiss fan, but also as a Kiss classic record. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. All right. Go to work. Perfect. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna go, go to work <laughs> and maybe we, we, we'll, we'll do this again in a month or two or something. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Nice starting to you. Have a good night, guys. Yes, so you too. Take care. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. That was the... Uh, <laughs> that was the... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I think we're good. So we're going to cap off here. Uh, see you guys on the flip side. Okay.